Welcome to another episode of Deep Shift. I am very excited to be joined once again by Daniela Gill, world-renowned Akashic mm. Records reader. Daniela, welcome. Thank you. So happy to be here. So this is the third time you've been on Deep Shift. I love having you on because you offer a very nice perspective in terms of the energy and what's happening on the planet. Mm. So thank you for being here once again. Uh, for people who aren't familiar with the Akashic Records um, and kind of what you do, could you give a brief description of what an Akashic Records reader is and does? Yeah, so the Akashic Records are the subtle energetic imprint of everything that has ever happened, everything that is happening, and everything that could happen. You can think of the Akashic Records as the cosmic mind. In the Bible, they refer to the Akashic Records as the Book of Life. And when I do an Akashic Record reading, I come into what I call or experience as an elevated, expanded state of consciousness. And it's like I come into a state of consciousness that transcends my some aspects of my human mind and all of its judgments and expectations, all of the limitations of the intellectual thinking mind. And it's like I come into this state where there's a lot of energy right here and here, and it feels like... And then it's a different way or a new way of bringing forth insight and information instead of accessing it from the brain or from the mind, from what we've already experienced or learned through, yeah, through our knowledge, different way of accessing knowledge. Yeah. It's uh, the, from a higher, higher conscious perspective is, uh, I think really appreciated right now. I remember we, you and I spoke around the beginning of this whole coronavirus outbreak in the earlier part of the year. And then around in the middle when political energy started to get kind of high. And now we are in a point where there's a few things kind of happening on the planet that we could talk about. Uh, one is the coronavirus. It's obviously upsurging. You know, I know that in many parts of the world, um, Things are not not very not very easy, you know. I know in in like LA County, there's a lot of the hospitals, ICU units are are getting filled up. Um, so there's a lot of things happening, including people's general um, kind of like their ideas of how people should and shouldn't act. Um, and also, you had told me that you recently got coronavirus. So yeah. I was wondering if you can kind of share about that, what that experience was like for you. Well, it was my second time getting it, and there's so much to say about it. Overall, it was a very, very mild experience for me, but I was surprised and a little frustrated by how long I felt the effects. It just felt like it lingered and lingered and lingered. It was probably like two weeks of like, wow, I still feel some symptoms, but it was really mild, but I felt like I got to know the virus in a really intimate way in a sense because everything is a consciousness so all pathogens are also a consciousness bacteria is a consciousness and a virus is a consciousness and it was my second time with coronavirus and I found it different from having flus in the past or getting sick with colds in the past in the sense that it really brought up brought to the surface a lot of what you might call the negativity that was really like deep within me. Like it felt like it just 
excavated so much and it brought up like this pessimism. The first time that I had it, it brought up this fear and this mistrust of other people, which we are seeing are such big parts of this pandemic. Like this pandemic has brought up humanity's fear and humanity's mistrust of each other. We're seeing that through all the conspiracy theories that are arising, the way in which many people do not trust our leaders. We don't trust our governments. We, we just don't trust each other. A lot of antagonism is coming up through this pandemic. And I, I felt the way in which it feels like the virus brings that up and out. And it may feel like in some way it's like this almost like dark sort of entity or dark consciousness that is impacting us and bringing all of this up, yet it's bringing it up. It's not causing it or creating it. It is excavating it. A lot of this is so deep within us. And I feel like the virus really, really brings it up. I did have, when I had it, I had, it was hard to breathe. It wasn't hard to breathe. I could breathe fine, but just a lot of shortness of breath and feeling like a heartachy heartbreak feeling. And then with that connecting to the heartbreak that humanity is undergoing at this time, like we truly are heartbroken. I feel like this virus has revealed to me how humanity has undergone so much. If you look at human history, it is so dark, so many atrocities, the fact that we've had wars, the fact that we've had corrupt governments, the ways in which we've treated each other, the ways in which we've normalized things, like normalized slavery, and we still have forms of modern day slavery and racism and just like crime, like, whoa, it's heartbreaking. And we're becoming aware of all of that. We are radically healing so much so fast and part of healing is first we must become aware of our wounds in order to heal them and I think that coronavirus makes you aware of many of your wounds it really makes you aware of like what you're holding in your psyche that is not supportive of your well-being and thriving hmm. before the chat before we we hopped on this and started recording you and I were having a conversation and we were talking about kind of people's perceptions and judgments on how the coronavirus is spread, how we should be acting, how we should be, should we be social distancing? Should we be wearing masks? There's all these debates amongst humanity, like where, where's our freedom and, and where that lies. Um, could you talk a little bit about that in terms of um, kind of the current state of the energy of, of like the freedom versus safety and all the judgments mm -hmm. that come up around it? I've been experiencing saying all of it as an invitation to encompass more and more compassion, true and real understanding and validation of all perspectives. There are many different approaches to navigating this pandemic one is to isolate, to quarantine, and this by many is viewed as the right way because it's compassionate way. Because if I were to get sick or someone 
elsewhere to get sick, they continue to spread the virus and the spreading of the virus could be responsible for the death of other people. And then there are other people who really resist that. They're like, no, I don't want to live from fear. I don't want to be controlled. I don't want to be restricted. I trust life. I want to empower my immune system instead of fearing and avoiding this virus, which is any everywhere anyway. And also there are people who are not as prone to avoiding death because they have a view of death that it is a natural part of life and that there's nothing wrong, inherently wrong with getting sick and dying. It's, it's a part of life. And what we're seeing playing out on the world stage is that people are getting so identified with their views. Like everyone, quarantine, stay home. It's selfish if you go out. It's like bad if you get together with friends and family. And then we have other people that are like, no, you guys are wrong. Like we need to be free. Like let go of the restrictions. And once you really dive into everybody's perspective, you see the love inherent within all of them. And you see the validity inherent within all of them. And there's nothing to hate or to like, judge or to demean or to put down I feel like other people's perspectives are really triggering people at this time and other people's beliefs and approaches but it's not the perspective or the person that is necessarily causing what is coming up in people it's actually already really deep inside it's like we're in such a purgative time right now. We're purging so much, becoming aware of so much. It's all being excavated so that we can clear it and then create something new. And what we are creating at this time is a global society of cooperation, of harmony, of oneness. So right now we're recognizing all the ways in which we're not there right now. Like people are trying to get people to cooperate with this like quarantining thing, but people just aren't cooperating. It doesn't feel right to them. Everyone has their different views and we're not necessarily completely coming together because it just doesn't resonate from many of us, other people's perspectives. And there's an opportunity in this moment to recognize that that's okay if it doesn't resonate with the natural way of our being, but we can still have so much compassion and understanding for why someone believes what they believe and recognize that it is coming from a good place and we don't have to argue them out of their perspective. It often works best when we want someone to see our perspective, what often works best is when we give them what it is that we want. So when we truly honor where they're coming from and like really drop into the validity of their perspective, the love inherent within their perspective. And oftentimes that creates a little bridge which will invite them to begin to consider ours because then they have nothing to defend against. They don't have to defend their perspective and that opens their mind and opens their hearts. And I think that ultimately that's where this pandemic is leading humanity, although it may not look that way, we first have to clear and become aware of everything that is in the way of us doing that. And this is a perfect way because people's lives are at stake, right? That's how some people believe it to be. Meanwhile, others just believe it's divine to get sick and die and that we cannot live with fear. And we've all died a million times before and we'll die a million times more. And death is a healthy part of life and there's no need to avoid it in this way yeah uh 
Really well put. Uh, sometimes maybe uh, easier said than done. Um, I just even like myself, I find I find some judgments come up with myself. Like, you know, I, I see everyone trying their hardest, and I think it's really sweet that everyone's trying their hardest to social distance, wear masks, and all of that. And and I really appreciate it. And then I see like um, people who you know live in communities that are that are doing that and like really trying hard to to keep this under wraps. Um, but then like the local church, you know, like. 50 people get together and, and are sitting in a, in a room um, and they're like, it, it almost to me feels like a, a bit kind of self-righteous that it's like, because they're worshiping, they all, all of a sudden it feels okay. And I just feel a lot of like judgment come up, like, come on guys. <laughs> like, first of all, church is within, it's not necessarily going to a building. Um, so we, we all can kind of worship in our own ways and, by congregating and getting together in large groups of people during a global pandemic feels irresponsible, irresponsible. And I see myself just like, I, I see judgment come up from, from my perspective. Yeah. And it's, it's so nice to like observe and then reflect and not necessarily take it seriously. I feel like collectively we're becoming aware at this time at the the erroneousness behind all of our judgments <laughs> and how there's there truly is a value and validity to everything that everybody does there can be so much value to these people congregating in the name of worship it's like if you really look at it it could be a way of raising the frequency on the planet in a way that's so necessary at this time and it can be serving a purpose that is so beyond and when someone when someone carries so much faith and trust mm, yeah i'm seeing how all these different perspectives are just needing to come together at this time because all the perspectives are so true and like anything that we could say about any one perspective just bam there's a contradictory perspective that's equally as true yeah, especially looking at it from that higher perspective. It's almost like there, there is such a higher perspective to everything that, yeah, it doesn't really make too much sense to be in judgment or to, you know, be just angry about one side or the other. Yeah, because once you really see it, you see how humanity for so long has been indoctrinated with so much fear, hmm. fear of death, fear of everything, like fear in general, but especially fear of death. And now it's like, these forces, these powers are beating upon that fear to, in a sense, control us at this time. And something about that doesn't feel completely right. And then you also feel into the way in which there's this very perverted perspective of death on the planet. Like humans think death is so wrong. It's so bad. It's such a tragedy. Yes, death is incredibly painful when those we love it is die. It is like so painful. It's heart-wrenching. And death is a natural part of life. Every single living thing dies. And that perverted relationship to death, that perverted perception of death, is so apparent in the way in which we've navigated coronavirus. The reality of death is that it is this glorious, like 
liberation and elevation of consciousness and it frees us from so much and it returns us to this perspective of love and it has so much within it that is so beyond what the collective humanity currently really acknowledges instead it's like death is bad and needs to be avoided at all costs meanwhile it's actually inevitable yeah just a doorway that that's what i've gained through my my explorations of consciousness is that death is just a doorway it's like walking through a door into another place yeah kind of a pretty amazing place uh apparently the in-between life the spirit realm um so another thing that I want to talk about is uh, this vaccine. Uh, right now, a lot of vaccines are coming out. Um, and I've seen this interesting trend uh, that maybe some like spiritual communities are spreading and also conspiracy theory communities are spreading that this, vi- this uh, vaccine is like evil. And the kind of stuff that's coming out feels like fear-based propaganda and by 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 looking at this meme you should feel fear about this vaccine and something about that does not sit well with me and it feels as though to me the vaccine actually has good intentions kind sweet intentions like yeah to, to heal humanity if it's kind of like stumbly and doesn't quite do it as like elegantly it still feels like the intention is good um how are you feeling about this vaccine I feel like humanity, as I mentioned earlier, is undergoing such a radical healing around our trust of one another. And it's like, if it's like this experience that we hear or that we learn about, like in relationships, if we've had certain experiences as children with our parents, we then tend to project that onto the world later in life into, especially like our intimate relationships will project those expectations. Or if you have like an abused dog then a kind loving human may come and the abused dog may think they're being attacked and like growl that type of reaction it feels like it's coming out in the collective human psyche because of all the trauma that we have undergone over the last you know thousands of years it's still prevalent so then we see that there is actually a lot of love in the creation of this vaccine, which I know is really hard for a lot of people to hear. They're like, absolutely not. And a lot of fears being projected onto it because of past trauma that is arising. And we can become very convinced of the way in which we perceive reality when it is arising in a way that is similar to how our intuition arises. Like when certain information comes up the same way that our intuition comes up, but it's really from, from a trauma, like our traumas shape our worldview and they can be very, 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 very convincing. I also think that there can be little elements of something within something like, for example, with the vaccine, there could be a group of people that are seeking to make as much money as possible off of it. And then people can sense there's something off about this. There's like an element of greed. There's an element of selfishness. There's an element of not really caring about the well-being of others. Like they can pick onto something like that. Like just even though it's just a bit of it and then just 
it can expand. They pick up on something and then that becomes the the big thing that they sense. And then stories can be made up around that. I feel like we don't know. Like we don't know. And right now, a lot of what I've been seeing coming up in the spiritual community is this idea of there being another group of people, like a group of like Hollywood elite who like, you know, drink tortured children's blood and just, yeah, people who are run by reptilians, like the people in power. And just, it's like this idea that there, there's this entire group that is so, so, so different from us. Hmm. And that creates, that's what gives rise to war. That's how militaries conditioned their soldiers by convincing them that this other group was so, so different. And we're seeing people doing that at this time, which is creating antagonism and creating a lot of divisiveness. But the reality, the truth from my perspective is that we are infinitely more similar than we believe each one of us is the full spectrum of light and dark and within all dark actions and dark behaviors and all ways that we may judge as evil there's innocence there's purity people are only behaving the way that they have been treated they're behaving the way that they have been taught to behave for their own self-protection for their own thriving here on the planet and there is an innocence behind all of it Ultimately, we all know that at the end of the day, we're all one. Like there's one consciousness flowing through all. And I think we're going to be recognizing that over the years to come and seeing how a lot of what we projected onto the world, what we believe to be so true about others being so evil and bad and wrong was actually just rooted in our trauma from the ways in which humans have treated one another for so long. Yeah, it's uh, the other night I was thinking about that in that, you know, there's so much right now that that so much fighting and and all of that that's kind of currently happening on this planet feels a little bit dark. Um, But what came to me was that we are living in the lightest time that's ever existed on this planet uh, in terms of humanity. And (laughs) there are very large groups of people who were slaves in a previous lifetime. Uh, There were a very large group of people who, you know, were in some sort of genocide. Um, And there's a lot of kind of collective trauma. And so when I see someone just like freak out about having to wear a mask it's like, okay, well, like maybe they were, you know, someone who was like in Nazi Germany who was just like taken from their home and that kind of soul trauma is is still there and they're yes. kind of re-experiencing that. And so while I, you know, do judge those people who are like yelling at people in Costco, um, I do then like step back and have a, a greater perspective of perhaps their, their soul path up to this point. Yes. Absolutely. It's like this collective PTSD that we're triggering in one another for various different reasons. Yeah. Yeah. It it very much feels like collective PTSD. Yeah. It's, I remember one guy in the parking lot of Erwan was telling me that concentration camps were being built all over the U S to put and kill all the people who contract coronavirus 
And I was like, wow, like, where is this coming from? And this is someone who it's like a pretty, like, he's brilliant. He's incredible. He's an amazing channel. Like his perspectives so spot on, but this one just didn't quite resonate. And when I felt into it, it was like, collectively, we really are clearing these imprints and there once upon a time was a Holocaust. And if you think of like, really feel into that, it just feels unthinkable, like unimaginable. How could we have possibly treated one another in that way? How could we have done that? Yet we did. And we haven't fully healed that or reconciled that. Not even close, not even like 1%. It's still there. And that mistrust is still there. And it's coming out with this virus. Mm. Yeah, I, I feel that. And I, it's like, I, I have appreciation for both sides. And right now it feels as though largely like the, like, for, for whatever reason, Republican is more along the lines of like anti-maskers and that kind of vibe, like freedom. And then Democrat is more along the lines of safety and like let's social distance and wear masks. And each energy is so important because like if the government did get a little bit too, you know, if they overstep their bounds a bit, it, it's, it's good to have those people who just get angry, <laughs> who will yeah. not allow the government to tell them to do anything like that's a, that's a good energy it's like we have that in our back pocket and like okay now is the time to take that out if the government became too tyrannical um yeah so yeah i i have been experiencing kind of that balance and the appreciation for, for both sides but you know i do get a bit triggered when uh when people are are acting silly but even that, it's it's still you, it, it's all the different. It's kind of seeing all the different perspectives. Uh, I can kind of like now see myself and my own psyche in, in terms of how I've been looking at some of these people. Uh, but I guess it's just living with more compassion and having that compassion be the first thought rather than judgment. You know? Yeah. Easier yeah, totally. Around. It is, and it's all like right now what's happening is all such an opportunity to, for us also to get to know our own wounding. Like I personally am never triggered by people who are like, you know, I'm not going to wear masks. Like give me freedom. I'm actually more triggered by like the wear a mask, socially distance. And I'm like, when I look at that, I'm like, oh, what is that in me? And it's because I felt so controlled growing up, constantly being told what to do. Don't do this. Don't do that. So that's just my, my wounding. Those are my wounds being told what to do. So my, my trigger is being told what to do. So it's about recognizing that things that trigger us, it's not always because they're inherently wrong or bad. Someone telling me to wear a mask and stay home is not inherently wrong or bad. Someone controlling me and controlling the population is not inherently wrong and bad. There's actually light within that and there's love within that. It's a desire to keep people safe. It's almost like the desire to like instill a sense of caring for others through control. If you really look at it from that perspective, even though honestly, that's been the most triggering part of this whole thing, especially having had the virus twice, like for my human personality, I'm like, no way, I want to be free. Like we got to let people do what they want. But then when I really look at it, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, I, I get it. But what, what triggers us is often rooted in our wounds, not in our perspective being any more right than any other perspective. Mm. such wisdom such wisdom it's 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 nice to be it's nice to remember uh that when we are triggered it's it's an opportunity to look within ourselves and see what 
is being triggered because it's usually guiding us to something that could be healed. Yeah, always. It's my friend, when my friend David Lyons said this the other day, your triggers are like a treasure chest. Ooh. They're precious. There's treasure inside if you can mm. look at them and embrace them. So next time, this is what he said. He said it on one of his YouTube videos that he did recently. He said, next time you feel triggered, something along the lines of like, think of it as a treasure chest emerging and get excited about opening up the treasure chest and finding what treasures are inside for you. Ooh, I love that. I love that. And what the, the, I feel like a, a good trigger to share with people who are listening to this is the trigger of jealousy because jealousy is not something we're meant to have. If, if something happens and, you know, let's say like your loved one finds someone else attractive and all of a sudden you feel jealousy, that's a trigger that can help you look within and see why that jealousy is coming up because it is possible to live in a consciousness in which that jealousy doesn't come up, but the appreciation for this person appreciating someone else brings you joy. So I just felt like uh, mentioning that. Um, but there's one thing I wanted to chat about before we, before we uh, finish up this call is we're approaching the end of the year. Lots of really amazing energies happening. I mean, always the end of the year is just high energy, everyone getting ready, excited for the new year. Um, you know, the winter solstice on the 21st, and then we have the added bonus of uh, Saturn and Jupiter, you know, coming together on the 21st as well, which is uh, a remarkable, you know, once in a 800 year where it's visible event. Mm. Um, what kind of what kind of energies are you feeling? for this kind of end of year moment. Expansion. An expansion that could be ecstatic and will be ecstatic, will have ecstatic elements to it. And an expansion that could also really get us outside of our comfort zone and shift the way in which we relate to reality. Let's drop in for a moment and feel into, it's a rebirth, an opportunity to be born anew. It's actually a pivotal shift in the energetic frequency on the planet, which for many will support them in increasing their sense of well-being, increasing their trust, their faith. It's like an opportunity to embody an even higher frequency higher frequencies are streaming in right now. And yeah, this like these right around the solstice is like, woo. the time of activation, amplification of these energies, bringing forth a frequency that is, has been previously unknown on the planet. So we're going to be collectively experiencing that. And for many, it will be, it will feel blissful and ecstatic for others well, for everybody, it feels like it'll feel both. For others, it, it could feel, sometimes it's just un uncomfortable to grow that quickly and to change that quickly. And that's okay. So it's like, 
what really supports us at this time is being willing to change, being willing to let go of our stories of who we've been and being willing to acknowledge our divine nature, our divine power, our divine responsibility, and our inherent oneness with all life. And as we do that, it feels like we can move through these changes with greater ease, with more grace, and it won't feel, you know, it really, like the energies really rip us apart in many ways, but in a positive way, because then they, we come back together, like more fully intact in a sense, with more of our knowing, more of our divine knowing, more of our divine remembering. Mm. It's like we're becoming gods in human form, little by little. Mm. How can people get a hold of you? Ooh, got Instagram. It's at Daniela Gill Love. My website, DaniellaGill.Love. Yeah, those are the best ways. And if anybody would like to learn how to access the Akashic Records, I have online training called Akashic Metamorphosis. I would love to share with you. Beautiful. And I have actually done the training and I absolutely loved it. It was one of the coolest kind of awakening experiences that I've had. Uh, I got to do it when we were in Greece and on the island of Crete. And it was fascinating to tap into kind of the psychic energies that I think everyone has within. Uh, Some may just be a little bit more dormant than others. And through that process, it was like, it was like, how often do we actually try to tap into the intuition, to the psychic abilities that we currently have? Like, how often do we ask ourselves questions and see what appears? And how often do we intentionally say a prayer to open up our minds to a greater reality, to an Akashic perspective? Um, and when we were doing that, it just felt, it felt different. It almost felt like I was in like, like the X-Men school, you know, <laughs> like, like some sort of superhero training. <laughs> I so, remember you saying uh, that. <laughs> yeah, I highly recommend people check out Daniela's stuff. Um, yeah, you are one of the, I would say one of the top Akashic readers on this planet right now. And um, I just always really love and appreciate your perspective. So uh, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me, Michael. Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, do you have any final words for our beautiful listeners listening in? I love you guys, and thank you for tuning in. <laughs> much, love, <laughs> much love, and keep those perspectives broad and your consciousness open. Mm-hmm. Much love, and thanks for watching this episode of Deep Shift, or listening, for tuning in. More to come. Much love. <laughs>